All right. Well, hey, here we are for another uh, God conversation, and this is episode 10. We've been doing this now for two weeks, and I don't know about you, but I have truly been enjoying it. And here's what we've been doing. In case you were joining us for the first time, we are simply starting some conversations, some God conversations. And what we're going to do today is go through a short passage of scripture. We've been going through Acts. Today we're going to hit Acts chapter 3 verses 11 through 26. And we're just going to talk about the passage briefly. Uh, We're not going to go into incredible depth necessarily, but the idea is to maybe end with a question or two so that we can prompt some God conversations today. Because if God is the center of my life, the center of my world, shouldn't God also be the center of my conversations? So let's dive in. Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26. And what has just happened is that Peter and John were going to the temple and they saw this lame, crippled beggar who asked them for some money. And they said, Hey, you know, we don't have money, but here's what we do have get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And the crippled man gets up and he walks, and everyone sees it. And so while this man, verse 11, while this man was holding on to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astonished, ran toward them in what is called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people, fellow Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why do you stare at us? as though we had made him walk by our own power or godliness. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied before Pilate, though he had decided to release him. You denied the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer released to you instead. You killed the source of life, whom God raised from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So the faith that comes through Jesus has given him this perfect health in front of all of you. And now, brothers and sisters, I know that you acted in ignorance just as your leaders also did. In this way, God fulfilled what he had predicted through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must receive him until the time of the restoration of all things which God spoke about through his holy prophets from the beginning. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to everything he tells you, and everyone who does not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those after him have also foretold these days. 
You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors, saying to Abraham, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. God raised up his servant and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. This is commonly what's known as Peter's second sermon. His first sermon happened, you know, in the chapter before this. I can't tell you how long it's been. It might have been a few days, maybe a few weeks or months. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up and, and, and basically answers this question, like, what is going on? Well, now we have this other incredible miracle take place. And now people are staring at Peter and John like, who are you? Are, are, are you the Messiah? Are, are you the Christ? We don't read that question, but I can imagine that that's what they're asking because that's only something that the Messiah has been able to do or should be able to do. And Peter's like, why are you staring at us as if we did this on our own? This is through the power of Jesus. And here's once again, and we're going to see this time and time again in Acts, where the speaker does not pull any punches. And Peter goes on to say, look, here's the story, right? It links us back to the Great Commission we read in Acts 1.8 to go and be my witnesses, go and be my storytellers, go and share what you have experienced and seen. And that's what Peter's going to do. Look, this isn't us. This is Jesus whom you killed. You chose a murderer over Jesus. But it is now through him, due to his resurrection, that we can be saved, that restoration can come to us all. He is coming back again. So, where does that leave us? Again, there's so much packed into this. We honestly could talk about it for quite some time, but I love that phrase. Why do you stare at us? When God does incredible things through our life, people take notice. They look at us different. They stare at us. They ask us questions or maybe even talk about us. That's normal. That's what happens when God works through us. But what about putting ourselves in the shoes of this crowd. This crowd saying, you know, what just took place? What's, what's happening here? What's, what's going on? And now Peter, speaking to them, says in verse 17, I know that you acted in ignorance. So repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out.
and seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And we think of repentance as this, sometimes this initial moment of salvation. And in this case, that's exactly what Peter is talking about. But maybe there's something else in our life. I, I, I think this happens often. What else do we have to repent and turn back from? What other sins might be lurking in your life? Where do you need to repent and turn back? What actions or behaviors or thoughts keep creeping up in your life for many of us we don't talk about it but they're still there because sometimes and I'm not trying to be overly preachy on this. Uh, the, I think the next thing that I'm about to say has sometimes been used as a almost a tactic to beat people down, and I don't mean it that way at all. But sometimes the reason God isn't doing amazing, incredible things through us is because we refuse to get rid of the things in our life that we know we need to get rid of. Sometimes we just need to repent and turn back and change our sinful ways, whatever that may be. It's really more about an act of obedience, I think, than it is anything else. And also... Are you in a place where you're prepared? That if you need to stand up and answer for something that God is doing in your life, are you ready to do that? I mean, one can argue, I don't know if Peter was actually prepared for this or not. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that he was constantly in prayer. And in fact, the reason this is happening is he was on his way to the temple to pray. In fact, uh, Traditionally, every Jew or God-fearing Gentile would have prayed three times a day, roughly 9 a.m., roughly noon, and then again, roughly at sunset. And that's exactly what's happening here. And it's because I think of his heart condition and how he was kind of positioning himself that he allowed the Holy Spirit to speak through him. So are you prepared to let the Spirit of God work through you? And you know what? I, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to throw out a third question. Haven't done this before. But I'd like to go even larger scale. 
how do you talk about God in your daily conversations? Do you bring up God in your daily conversations? And I'm especially thinking of those that you don't go to church with. Those who don't know or follow Jesus. How do you talk about God with them? Peter finds a way to very plainly lay out the gospel message. He establishes who Jesus is. He establishes what happened to Jesus. He establishes how people responded to Jesus. And he establishes what Jesus then does, which is his resurrection. Are you prepared? And are you putting yourself in places to have that conversation daily? I don't think you have to do it in a weird way. I don't think you have to be preachy. But again, if God is the center of our life, shouldn't he also be the center of our conversations? So that's what I leave you with. I want to thank you for those who are liking and commenting and following and subscribing and rating and all of these things. Again, you can find us on uh, YouTube under Frontiers Church. You can also listen on any platform where you listen to podcasts. And you can find that under God Conversations. Again, please follow and subscribe so this stuff comes straight to you when it comes out so that you can listen right away and whether you're starting your day or finishing your day or listening to this somewhere in the middle uh, let this be a part of your day to start this daily conversation in your life with you and the people around you so thanks again for listening and uh, I can't wait to share with you next time as we continue on with kind of this specific story of what's happening with Peter and John after the healing of this crippled man. And uh, that is another God conversation. So don't let it end here. Take it out and let this be a part of your God conversation today. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.